All right, Kelly, for the second time, technically, I guess, third time in Sign on the Window history, we have a new Bob Dylan piece, art piece, that we get to talk about. The first one was Triplicate way back in the day, episode seven, when you were just a baby Bob Dylan fan and knew nothing. (laughs) And then last year, we got graced with the great Rough and Rowdy Ways. So this is a first watch, I guess, first listen, first watch of Bob Dylan's latest project called Shadow Kingdom. We're going to talk about, we're just going to kind of go in order. I just want to, first of all, I want to know what you thought about Shadow Kingdom itself. And also, what did you expect from this show? Um, Because that's been a point of contention, as you could imagine, with somebody if they had a certain idea about what this was or wasn't, which I I don't know how you could think you know what this is going to be. So I don't know how you can be mad about it. But what did you think was going to happen here? And uh, were you pleased or what, what's your what's your feeling here? So my first thoughts, quick thoughts, bam, 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 right? Yeah, for some, I didn't know what this is going to be, but I was disappointed because apparently I did have an opinion because it was touted as a live performance. And this is absolutely not a live performance in any way, shape, or form. It's not a pre-recorded live performance. It is a music track with Later added videos put on it. This is literally an hour long music video containing multiple songs. And I was not expecting 13 that. I was expecting, vignettes. Yeah. 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 I was expecting a live performance. So I was like a little bit disappointed because I've never seen other than that unplugged video and like snippets from, you know, different documentaries, a live performance of Bob Dylan's. It would be cool to see a live performance start to finish a whole set of his, yeah. um, especially right now, like a modern day one. So I was a little disappointed at that. But other things quickly. Oh my God, everyone is smoking and drinking so much. There is so much smoking and drinking. And like, I haven't had a cigarette in nine months, but it was close. It was real close last night. I, I was like, I want to ask oh, you about that later. Yeah, oh. yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the masks were interesting because it's like, it totally fit with the little milieu they're creating. Like the masks weren't distracting because it seemed as though it could fit in with their outfits, you know, their, their little coronavirus masks. But it's curious the choices that they made that it was only on the band. Like, not on the audience as well, just on the band. So I don't know what that was about. Obviously, it's not going to be on Bob because he's singing. But, like. Right. um, But, yeah, I mean, it was totally fine. I was just like, huh. There was a lot of choices made in this that I don't understand. That was one of them. Uh, The fake playing was so distracting. I had, I I, I was having fucking aneurysm. (laughs) Station was like. Shut up. <laughs> like, like I get it. I know they're not actually playing. Shut up. They're, they're not going to be playing ever at any point. So you could just, I was like, there's not even, there's no, what is it? This is, duh, that guitar that's happening is not, Bob, why are you even holding that? You're, that's not, what is going on? So yeah, that was between Bob's bad lip syncing and the fake, fake guitar playing. I just like was losing my shit throughout the whole thing. So I tried to like shut my mind up about that and just listen to it. So it was hard at sometimes. Uh, is this supposed to all be said in like the 1890s? Does it really matter that clearly they're not going to be all like period specific costumes or whatever, but there's definitely like, a similar vibe, like a through line in this. So I'm, I'm thinking we're putting this around like the very early uh, 20th century. I'm, I don't know. Oh, I'm going mid mid century. I'm going 1948. I'm going right in. I don't think there is a time. That's yeah. There is no time, of course. But I mean, the the clothes and the style, I mean, it kind of blends that. Definitely, yeah, like that old school. But for me, this feels like a moose lodge. Like we're just like mm. here after church in South Carolina or South Dakota. I mean, it could be literally anywhere. And it just feels like one big hall. And the black and white makes it all a little bit creepier and weirder. But yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't really place it, except for like mid-century. That's what I thought. Huh. Yeah, just some of the cowboy vibes. But I'm like, it's clearly... Yeah. Like, 
that like a time period or a uh, aesthetic through the 2021 lens because there's like certainly like some un- androgynous like f- people and like doing some stuff i mean the juke joint thing was definitely evident especially towards like the last two tracks where that guy was like really getting into it i was like this seems inappropriate for this song but i was like actually if we i would think about watching all those blues documentaries like where they would do really slow blues songs and people would be like getting down like like aggressive sex dancing and i was like oh my whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so uh, well, there was some of that here for sure i would say overall yeah meh I don't know. It's it's like interesting as an art piece. Uh, if I had known it was a bunch of music videos, I think I would have gone in on a different little perspective. But even watching it the second time, knowing it was a bunch of music videos, I just couldn't stand the fake playing. It just like really got to me for some reason. Well, that always bothers you. So yeah, no, I I get it. I mean, I think yeah. I think if people are coming into it with a preconceived notion, which apparently people were, um, do not ever go into a chat room. Everybody is very sad that they interacted with this cesspool of the chat which is basically the moment it started it's boomers complaining about masks it's um it's not live i want to refund i mean did they follow up are they trolling who who can tell but it was just like i mean i saw it for five seconds in between the i love you bob there's always a what the f is this and it's like shut it down shut it down i just found that to be really irritating that people uh got upset about that but i'm with you i it took me out of it almost immediately right off the bat and then i just had to chill my brain and i was like oh they're not going to be playing this was 100 percent pre-recorded and that's fine and i just like i didn't think twice about it and i was able to laugh at those you know the close-up ones where they go into a little room together and you know they're just they're not even strumming the lead guitar is nowhere to be found you know it's the accordion just <laughs> yeah. isn't putting enough to do accordion stuff. And the bass, the bass oh, is just like, I'm going to yeah, pull my so bow much. out in the so middle of a, of a hit. And it's, you know, obviously everything plays normally and she's doing a bow and there's no bow. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is that? I loved it. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. And I think it makes it kind of strange if we want to latch onto the shadow kingdom idea where it's like, are, are they like, I mean, is it like a shadow where they're not really even playing? Like, you take Plato's shadow, right? You take the cave. You, they, life is just what's oh, projected right, right, yeah. on the screen. And it's like, are they, I don't know, they don't even look at Bob Dylan. I'm like, is Bob Dylan a ghost? I have so many thoughts as I watch it. So I love that they're kind of shadowy too. Uh, people have made the Mass and Anonymous reference, which is a movie Bob Dylan did back in 2003, I want to say. And, you know, the Masked. And anonymous, right? We don't know who the we didn't know who the band was before the show, um, but we will get into the band because I do want to bring them up and shout them out. But uh, my my initial reaction was that are, the stupidest ones, which is it wasn't long enough. Obviously, I want sixteen hours, um, <laughs> and it feels like one of two pieces, right? We have the early songs. Surely there will be a later songs. So it's like you think ah. there's going to be a a later songs. It's insane to me that you would have the aesthetic of like the rough and rowdy ways album cover. And not play a Rough and Rowdy Ways song. Yeah. Even the early songs of Bob Dylan, like, I wasn't expecting that the first time I saw it. I'm like, if there's early, there has to be late. Like, this mm-hmm. must be some kind of, like, project where he's taking songs. Because every rendition of this was unique. Not only unique, some of them are brand new songs. He rewrote entire songs. So mm-hmm. it's like, this. there is something new to this that I think is awesome. I love his voice. And I want Rough and Rowdy Ways aesthetic. On top of these old songs. Yeah, the rough and rowdy ways of fying of a, a lot of the tracks was very, very cool. All, I will say this for sure. I know I'm really critical just because of the format was strange. I mean, like, he is, he's really interesting because this is such an alienating 
piece of art for the entire spectrum of his fandom. For people that grew up with Bob Dylan, they're like, what the fuck is this? Because it's all like art housey, weird shit. But all those, I mean, some, there's a certain but group he's of, kind of, of that, fans, right? like you yeah, said. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're totally. like, what the fuck is this? And then maybe younger people coming to it and being like, what is this like old music stuff? But I like the art stuff. It's weird. I don't know. Right. And like, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, people have also commented on him making uh, this at the ass end of the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. like this is what people were doing way earlier. So it's like, you know, but, but then again, there's like more thought into it. Like instead of just, knee-jerk reacting you're 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 thinking about it for a little while and then people were upset about the um the moviness right that it's just a, a couple of videos and i understand wanting a live performance for you especially that total, makes total sense to me i will say like musically it's really great all of the arrangements are fantastic they're fresh they're really interesting i mean so there are some songs we haven't done but a, a good handful of songs that we have done and i really like the interpretation like just just the rough and rowdy ways of fying of a lot of songs that we've covered and i was just like that was really cool no matter what I, when this is released as an album because obviously this was all studio recorded and they can just pop it onto an album really quick it'll be a good listen uh for sure but i don't know that the visual adds anything for me for the new music at all does that make sense i guess that's my takeaway the video i could absolutely take or leave it's interesting i'm glad i watched it would i go back to it probably not although we essentially now have 13 music videos to go back to which is pretty cool Yeah, so before we get into the songs and talk about them, we'll just let's like just gloss over all the people that are sort of involved in this. So this was directed by a woman. Her name is Alma Harrell. She started out in music videos and then she moved on to feature length films. Uh, she's known mainly for two movies. One of them is 2011's Bombay Beach that had music from Bob Dylan and classical music from Zach Condon, also known as Beirut. She's oh, sure. known for like documentary style like this, but then making it sort of weird and dreamy and stuff like that. So this feels like that, a weird, dreamy type of thing. And her her latest movie is called Honey Boy from 2019. The producers on this project also worked on Honey Boy with her. Uh, that was written by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, who knew? Who knew? Um, and she also directed a Sigur Rose video, which, again, I think you can kind of nice. see a Sigur yeah. Rose taking. Yeah, that kind of thing. And also Beirut has that wistful air about it too so i don't think she had anything to do with the music the music was recorded by a guy a guy named mike persante he's been editing mixing and stuff since 1990 he's worked with vanessa williams x jillian welch tom jones black rebel motorcycle club bb king brandy carlisle steve Earle. he worked on adele's 25 um rihanna giddens the last thing he just did was john baptiste who is the guy from stephen colbert he's the band leader for Stephen Colbert. He won some Grammys with Alison Krauss and Robert Plant uh, back in the day when that first came out. And the Bob Dylan connection then became obvious to me looking at the list because he also worked with Niles Lofgren, John Mayall, and the Blues Breakers. He edited Bringing Down the Horse by the Wallflowers. Uh, he's worked with uh, Ralph Stanley, T-Bone Burnett, Elvis Costello, Elton John, Leon Russell. So it's clear that Bob Dylan has probably known this guy for a long time. And finally got to work with him because the music is is stellar. What have you heard about Veeps, the people that put on this concert? I had never heard of them in my life. No, never. Me either. I was confused when I looked at the URL. I was like, oh, Veeps. Yeah. The Veeps, shit is this. Veeps. Brought to you by Veeps. Uh, apparently, Live Nation bought them out um, during the pandemic because they were not prepared for, for you know, just all the live streams that we were going to do. 
Uh, it was actually founded in 2017 by Joel and Benji Madden of <laughs> Good Charlotte. Of Good all people. Charlotte. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How great is that? So, um, yeah, no, and uh, they've they've done shows for the Zombies, Freddie Gibbs, Brandi Carlisle. Again, she's going to keep being all over this episode, I guess, and Patti Smith. So, I mean, like, they've put on some shows. And I thought it all functioned really well. And the, the chat is a good idea if chats weren't an automatic cesspool of bullshit. But, like, it's cool. It, it worked well, but it was just an embedded YouTube video that I don't know where you get to it from. But, you know, it is what it what it is. And it, and it worked well. Um, Personnel-wise, you know, but this is Bob Dylan's first concert, which, again, I think you can quibble with that because it was not really a concert. But the last show we played was December 18th, 2019. And all of his members of the band that were with his band, the NeverEnding Tour band, um, Charlie Sexton, Donnie Heron, Robert Britt, Matt Chamberlain, and of course, Tony Garnier, who's been playing for 30 fucking million years with Bob Dylan. None of them are a part of this band, uh, which is still very strange. And what's the what's happening there? Who knows? We have a couple of musicians here. Some of them I've heard of, and most of them I have not ever heard of. Um, they're credited at the end. And here they are, Alex Burke. I know nothing about Alex Burke at all. I don't know who it is. I know nothing. So I'm sure the internet will reveal this in time. Uh, Janie Cowan is our bassist. Um, she is from Alaska. And all of, the, all of the musicians are incredibly, like, they're all trained. She went to Oberlin, the, the mm. Oberlin Conservatory. A uh, guy coming up went to Juilliard. So these guys are all incredible musicians. And they play amazingly. Not live, obviously, on the videos. But, like, they're incredible um, in real life. She's interesting because she built herself... This is from her bio, uh, a small experimental studio in the Mojave Desert where she does remote recordings and dreams up son deep sonic explorations. And she says specifically that she's found her voice in the healing properties of drone bass. Hmm. Quote, she is most happy when she is able to drone a D for hours in a dynamic group. Yeah, well, so droning is just like that holding a, a one note forever. It's... it's um... Imagine a didgeridoo. Oh, droning a D, like yeah, a D, D note. D like a D. Sound. Yeah, the Dr note. Droning yeah, a D, yeah, yeah, a D. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. like, you know, didgeridoo music, how it never seems to stop? It's because they're doing circular breathing. It's actually really hard to do. But that's it. That is, t like, the classic drone sound is that didgeridoo kind of effect. Uh, but you can do it theoretically with any sustained note, right? But um, it always brings to mind the didgeridoo for me just because that's kind of like the whole purpose of that instrument. Um, she says that she is happy busking on the street uh, as playing in big venues like the 930 Club, Irving Plaza, all that kind of stuff. Uh, in her bio, quote, she is confident to have played some of the weirdest and most obscure settings imaginable. And I don't know if uh, this definitely counts as well, because they are currently playing at a place called the Bonbon Club in uh, Marseille in France, which, of course, does right. not exist. Um, so they are just somewhere in California. But I don't know, playing in a fictional... Uh, place in France with Bob Dylan is a pretty um, uh, weird and obscure setting for sure. That so. motherfucker, he got me again. This is that stupid Netflix movie all over again. I thought for sure they were actually in France, which did not make any sense. But I was like, okay, sure, we're in France. Well, even on Theme Time where they say, you know, thanks for Theme Time. We live, we're in Washington, D.C. at the Abernathy Building or whatever. That's total bullshit. So it's all fake. Everything's fake. Oh. Yep, all fake. Just all made up. <laughs> Uh, good. Our guitarist here is a guy named Josh Crumbly, Joshua Crumbly. Um, he, he works with a lot of people. He, he's the guy that went to Juilliard, but right now he's, um, with Leon Bridges. So he's touring with Leon Bridges out on the road now. So you can go see him. Enjoy that. Um, 
Another one of our musicians, his name is Shazad Ismaili. He has a master's degree in biochemistry from Arizona State University, but he's not known for that. He is mainly known for being a self-taught composer and musician, having mastered, this is his bio, the electric and double bass, guitar, banjo, accordion, flute, drums, various percussion instruments, and analog synthesizers and drum machines. So this guy can do it all. And he's worked with so many people as well. He's worked with like Tom Waits, uh, Bonnie Prince Billy, etc. Uh, I don't know where you can see him. He is currently, that's all on the Pi Recordings, which I guess is like a album or a record label. So I don't know where you can find his stuff. But you can listen to stuff that they've made on every one of their websites. So I, I recommend doing that. And then the final one is probably the most famous. His name is Buck Meek. He is the guitarist and uh, one of the backing vocalists for the band Big Thief, who have been on my top 20 list as of last year. He's great. So he's the only one on social media that is like talking about this. He's like, hey, I made a movie with Bob Dylan. Check it out. Everyone else. It's like this never, never happened. I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's saying, hey, go see my Bob Dylan. Oh, good for them. That's kind of cool. I don't know. I think that, you know, for something, someone who tends to, or at least seems to pride himself on uh, his air of mysteriousness, I think that totally lends itself to it. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. so everybody that was credited making the music is actually performing it in the the music videos as well. I'm going to assume so because it does, it does say, it talks about, it's crediting them for this. So I'm, again, do we know that 100% for sure? I don't think we can say yes, but I think that that was, that was what is implied here is that they're the players they came into play would not play, do whatever they were doing on video. But, (laughs) but no, I'm, I'm, I would bet money that it is the same person. I think it would be kind of weird not to be, but then again, Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan, right? So it could be the never ending tour band, just like they're the ones making the music and these guys are fake. And I don't know. It does sound different. It sounds different. It doesn't sound like them at all. Which I think is pretty noticeable because even with the rough and rowdy ways of vacation, they made that record, and it's this does not exactly sound like that. Yeah, I just hope he works with new musicians. I hope that they are who they say they are. It would be kind of a bummer if it was all just a big joke. Yeah, no, me too. I just was curious. I mean, not just because of the fake playing, and that's how music videos work, but like, um, what's a sweet hat like you doing? What uh, sweetheart like you? That's the name of the song. Right. Yeah. Uh, like th- that was actually like the guitarist and stuff, or at least the bassist or something. Like he did use those musicians for the music video as well. So like I could see, and it's also like a thing of availability. This is a weird time to be making stuff. I mean, even if we're at the ass end of things, it's still like not easy to get everybody in a room together. Which is why I'm sh- part. I'm sure of the decision to not use the band he'd been using forever. I'm sure that played a. a a role in this so i mean maybe he maybe some of them are the people that recorded it maybe some of them aren't i mean you would have to know what these people look like pretty well to be able to distinguish for sure who they are with the masks and everything yeah. so who knows i like i want to believe that it is uh, so do i so do i i need to believe it but i know it's for sure not his band who playing behind him 100 percent. but then again i can't confirm that the people playing behind him are even musicians so that's also tough yeah that's what i'm saying they could all be models or actors but we will say in the future kelly where we we are going to um praise bob dylan when he actually gets his syncing done well with music videos because normally it's a disaster so this could have been horrible right this could have been like his old music videos where he is playing something out of out of tune out of time like there are moments where you can tell that it's all already pre-recorded but based upon the lighting 
and the fact that his face is covered so often, it's hard to really pick out those moments, really. Mm -hmm. Like, everything flows incredibly well. It feels live, even though you know that it's not. And some people were surprised that it wasn't live. They were like, why would you say that, that it wasn't live? Oh. Like, they weren't playing it. And it was like, well, I mean, the music, the musicians alone is wild. <laughs> but, like, yeah. why wouldn't it be him singing? And it's like, it is him singing. Like, that is him singing in a studio, just not yeah. here. Like that, Have you ever seen real. a music video? Like, literally, that's, that's exactly it. it. Exactly. And again, we, we, we rag on him because he's so bad at syncing up, you know, playing a different song the day that he's supposed to be recording. So at the very fucking least... <laughs> He is like playing the recorded version. And again, the re arrangements are different. This is strange because he's he's singing it all differently. Uh, I would say it's 50-50. Almost none of the time he's playing guitar, is it correct? Either the guitar track that he's strumming doesn't exist at all or it's playing sometimes and it's supposed to be him, but he's not playing at all. So uh, I... Not the music at all, but him, like him singing, him miming. Oh, the lip the song syncing. Yeah, his on. his lip syncing was was better than it has been. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like musically no, but yeah, yeah. The lip syncing. I mean, Bob Dylan's just sitting there with a gu guitar in his hand most of the time, and then he'll do like a do 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 do. So many times, I was like, guitar. Oh God, Bob, I know that thing's heavy. Why don't you just put it down, buddy? Because you're not you're not playing it. You're not. Playing so what it. songs was he playing live, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kelly? I just want to kind of go through. All of these and see, because a lot of them we've actually dealt with before. So I'm curious if you remember them or if you have any thoughts upon them. Well, yeah. So quick yes. note, I was hoping, well, I because I thought this was going to be live, mm -hmm. like an actual concert, right? Uh, so I was like, ooh, I can play a game where I'm going to guess what the song is uh, and if we've done it before. And then, motherfucker, put oh. the goddamn titles on the screen. So I was like, oh, Which shit. I did love, by the way. Ruined. but it, Except for... The first song. Except for the very first song, which... I didn't look at, uh, I will just want everybody to know, I didn't look up anything at all about this because that's not my job here. Uh, so I guessed because he kept saying it and I heard, I've heard you say this before that the first song is when, it's when I paint my masterpiece. Is that song? what the name of the song is? Okay, cool. Just it is the name of the first song. Uh, the lyrics had been changed. So right away that panned out throughout, like we got a lot of cool renditions and brand new lyrics for lots of stuff, which I think is great and invaluable as a Bob Dylan, like whole, the whole scope of Bob Dylan. But I really like this version. This was great. I mean, he opened up most of Rolling Thunder in 1975 with this, even though they didn't put it on the bootleg series, uh, volume five, which we did do in episode 26. Uh, so we didn't get to hear it there. I don't know if we've ever heard it. You might have heard it on uh, the Rolling Thunder documentary. I'm sure they played it at some point. But you don't recognize this. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Oh, the streets of Rome Are filled with rubble Ancient footprints Are everywhere you get all of those things that you see in the morning on a cold out night by the Spanish stair. I just heard like the mandolin specifically stuck out to me because I feel like we've done a couple of mandolin songs and I was just like whatever. But yeah, uh, 
I, I definitely didn't. I wouldn't know if the lyrics were different because I've never we've never gone over no. this song. But I thought it was good. The lens flare, the lens flare. Talk about being a ghost. This was the most disorienting of all of them. I thought mm. visually because the way that they shot it with the band above, literally above him on a stage and him on the ground and that fucking lens flare, it, it made it seem like they were ghosts shadows behind, behind him. him. I mean, weird. immediately it was just like yeah. this. You, you, you just beat him over the head for one second, Bob. And he did great. I mean, it's like, here's what we're doing. Black and white all the way through. These people are in the background. They're ghosts. Sometimes they're like literal ghosts. And it's great. And we're going to talk about all of that because I'm interested in that. Uh, amazingly and very interestingly, this is one of Bob Dylan before Rough and Roundy Ways spoke to Douglas Brinkley for The New York Times. We talked about it a little bit on our last listen. Um, the interview that he did, the only interview that he did. And Weirdly enough, in that short interview, they actually talked about When I Paint My Masterpiece. So I'm just going to read that and see how much we can glean from this. Uh, Douglas Brinkley was just saying, I really like the song. What do you think about it or whatever? I've thought about this song more over the years. And Bob says, quote, I think this song has something to do with the classical world, something that's out of reach, some place you'd like to be beyond your experience, something that is so supreme and first rate that you could never come back down from the mountain, that you've achieved the unthinkable. That's what the song tries to say, and you have to put it in that context. In saying that, though, even if you do paint your masterpiece, what will you do then? Well, obviously, you just have to paint another masterpiece. So it could become some kind of never-ending cycle, a trap of some kind. The song doesn't say that, though. <laughs> oh, Bob. Crazy quote, but I do love the, you know, striving for some place beyond your experience, right? I mean, if we kind of take this as like a, we're in this weird place that does not really exist. This is just a dream. This is the cave. Like, that's cool. That's an interesting idea. And to use this song specifically to start it, I think it's great. And speaks to Bob Dylan history just with the Rolling Thunder. Awesome. Because it's the first song. Like, it's like, boom. This is how it is. It's not a live concert. One, everybody's miming their instruments. Two, Bob is doing bad lip syncing. Three, it's just like a lot is assaulting. Why is everyone a ghost? What is this lens flare? It's just a lot of information once. That's not necessarily a, a, a point of this song. It's just the first experience you get. So it's like, cause like obviously that stuff's going to carry through. So it's not relevant to this song specifically, but just being assaulted as soon as it comes sure. on. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think the first three really set the palette for like what's to come uh, because we kind of start off the most traditional maybe was that first that first song and then we go to most likely you'll go your way and i'll go mine which we have he done. played this song the last time in 2014 which we did yes. do yeah we did this last year episode 115 um i thought about you immediately there is no we we bagged on robbie robertson being the so there was no there's no drums in this to kind of play that even a little bit there's like, no drums and there's any no drum. trumpet obviously yeah. There's not none at all, but the accordion or whatever's you know did a great job. Like, what did you think about the riff that was traditional? Like, I mean, this song was real traditional. Um, kind of going back, like he kind of slowed this down a lot, and now this sounds just like Blonde on Blonde. What did you think about that? You know, because it's not the guitar doing the riff. Yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was a little less assaulting. Although I will say, I prefer. <laughs> I, I'm sure I said something really the opposite of this when we did the actual song but i think i prefer that just for the energy just because like that's mm. it really feels like it captured a moment and that song's barely held together and i'm sure that was a criticism of mine at the time but i think that <sighs> sure. is a little bit missing from this the vibrancy but it's like what are you supposed to do the man's like fucking 
getting it pushing 80 you know like he's not going to be doing the same stuff he was when he was a kid uh the the little awkward poses and the head bobs from mm, from mr dylan the best fantastic <laughs> i mean later on he's gonna take the take the mic and move it off to the side and just look at people like do this like <laughs> staring he's just like looking at him fucking weird i mean i would love it like what is all this uh, i mean there's so many hand motions and stuff oh it's God. wonderful yeah, yeah, there's well, one of the songs later where he fully does a power pose and i'm just like oh bob <laughs> oh yeah absolutely oh he does and the legs scans like totally oh, yeah. like boom yeah like oh uh, i love i loved this because we got to see more of the club right so the first one's pretty like you can almost imagine it being like a cl- actual club club like new york city whatever and then this one gets a little weirder because you're like, okay, a couple of the details from the first song now get spaced out. There seems to be homemade decorations. Mm-hmm. This is a very Moose Lodge. This is why I said that earlier. I'm like, this is very strange. The blinds are like askance. They're like ripped down. Like everything is very ratty. Everything's very old. As almost almost like they're all ghosts. And the mm-hmm. people that would have been here in the prime of this building are now dead and gone. And they're now inhabiting it in its current state. Hmm. Um, because even the decorations look like a Christmas decorations that don't exist anymore. I mean, the air is blowing. So like, this is not a decrepit abandoned building, but that could be the winds of hell. I mean, I don't know, man. It's, this is get very, you know, I get fallout vibes. I mean, people have said twin peaks and I'm like, I get it. You know, like what is outside the door? We never leave this place. And the checkerboard floor is a great indicator that the whole thing is one piece and they've done it all right here. So it is kind of scary to think like, What's outside that window? Is it nuclear apocalypse? Is this fallout? You know, that's the only people are the band that are not really a part of this world in a way. And they're playing like they're not part of the world either. Cause it's almost like they're the only ones who don't, they're, they're just miming. Everyone else is like real. They're dancing. They're touching. Like they're a part of this world. The band is almost not, which is kind of weird. Yeah. It'll be, I'll be really curious to see the um, evaluations, like the in-depth, um, like kind of pouring over of this from people that are much smarter than me, because uh, I don't understand a lot of symbolism stuff unless it's really clear and obvious. I don't really get what certain things are supposed to mean. But it seems, uh, I think there's there's three distinct sets, I want to say, because there's like this kind of area, there's the spoken word area, and then there's uh, the big bar area. So it, I... I, I I would assume because the checkerboard floor is kind of throughout, I would I would think that it is the same building per se, and we've just kind of cornered off sections, se- se- separate sections. But yeah, this is uh, I I don't know what we're supposed to to think about the. There's clearly some kind of out of time element, but as far as what it's supposed to mean, if these people are living or dead, what does it all mean? I don't yeah, fucking know. No, that's <laughs> totally fair. I mean, you brought it up before with the smoking and stuff. It was here that my grandma was like. The me and grandma watched this, so she she has never seen a Bob Dylan concert, nice. doesn't know much about Bob Dylan at all. Um, but she was she was just like she commented about the masks, which I think for older people it's just something that they're gonna do. And for I think for us, it's just like I mean, great. I mean, it, it dates it for us, like 2021. Like we can look back on this and be like, hey, this was a part of this pandemic language that we're all mm-hmm. using. Like, how is this like hard to understand? I don't understand that. But like um the smoking stuff, she was like, oh my God, you know, I remember when people smoked all the time. And I was just like, oh, and for you, you were, you were struggling because you were like, let me get, you wanted a cigarette. You were like, give me one. Yeah, really. Did you really see the guitar? Wrong. Like worse than Mad Men, 
with his, oh, with oh, the yeah. cigarette on the end. When ends? they did the close up with the Telecaster, mm. yeah, the cigarette. Oh yeah, immediately. I've done that before cool. because that's the pinnacle that's of the cool. That's the pinnacle of cool. <laughs> um, you just got to slide into a camera frame and play a, a wicked little riff, uh, and then <laughs> smoke that's your right. cigarette. Yeah, I don't have any of those inclinations, but I did love it. I mean, I loved the smoky vibes. Well, before we move on from this song, I have to point out at at minute seven thirty two. There is a fucking dummy or a man wearing like a Ronald Reagan mask. Or I think it's a dummy in the audience in the very front row. It's why? Why? It was terrifying. And I don't understand. What does that mean? Why is there a dummy? It's why? I don't know. I hated it. I hated Later, it a there's lot. a guy who doesn't have a shirt on. And I was like, well, that's out of place with the kind of aesthetic. You just see him. You only see him in the bottom corner of the frame. He walks oh, I in. I didn't notice that. Shit. And he was dancing with somebody and then danced right off. So I was like, that's a cameo <laughs> from somebody random that we have not mm-hmm. ascertained yet. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of that, though. It's just going to be fun little in-jokes, fun little things. And I think on some level, too, just the shadow imagery is I'm sure Bob Dylan's working on some level. Um, I did make a tiny note that this is the best uh, guitar miming one. But I don't know. That's pretty early to make that claim. So I doubt it. But moving on to Queen Jane approximately uh, with just Queen Jane, because he's cutting down a lot of the words on this for some reason. Um, we have listened to this before twice. We've, we've heard this on uh, Highway 61 Revisited, episode 50 and Dylan and the Dead, episode 15. Um, this is one of the songs that was featured there. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I, I'm pretty sure we've done this one because I, th- I thought I thought because of that, so I put like a yes, like a tentative yes, and I put Queen Jane approximately in parentheses because like, isn't this, this is the same song, right? Like, There's not a second song just called Queen Jane. Uh, and then I put Highway 66 question mark because I didn't know the name of the album. <laughs> but I was like, I'm pretty sure we've listened to it in an album before. Oh. And then I was like, oh, this is the one from Highway 66 that I decided is the name of right, the album. Right. <laughs> uh, that's totally out of tune. This right, is the one that's the completely one fucked up on the album. With. I was like, mm-hmm. this is a much better version immediately. <laughs> See, and I disagree. I think this is my only one where I'm just like, this one is so... I, it's too lackluster to me. I think I, maybe I just like the original too much. I don't know. But it does have Bob Dylan on harmonica, which we all love Bob Dylan on harmonica. I'm into it. And we also yes, get the first time playing in that little weird zone where our bands got their little pork pie hats on and they're like the band or something. I don't know what they're doing. And Bob's over here. This, as is, the, this is the speakeasy corner or not speakeasy. Sorry. This is the spoken word corner. That's what I call this area. Spoken word corner. Good. Yeah. Then that's what we'll call it. They're in the spoken word corner. Bob has given us his best spoken word. And the song was great. I mean, it was it was very um, it felt familiar immediately. It really flows like Highway 61 Revisited. So I could understand why you would like it better. Like if you didn't like the instrumentation before, it's like, this is the same song. The five minutes, they're both about the same length. Like, here you go. You know, it's a really great choice between the two. Instead of having like a, here's a nine minute version or here's a three minute one with half the song gone. Like that's kind of sometimes what happens with Bob where you just got to take it and leave it. But this one was really good. I mean, I mean, I liked it, but in terms of like what he does with the rest of the songs, he didn't really do much here. Oh, you think this one's pretty, pretty close to the original? I don't remember it all. So. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty close. I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely different, way different, but it's close as close gets, I guess, because some of them are just so radically different. These spoken word corners for me over it. I mean, this part is by far the most jarring after after like the first time you watch it, you're just in awe. You love it. Second time you can really pick up stuff more. 
th- time three and time four, man, I'm over spoken word at this point. And the fact that it's like this song is so long, I'm just like, ugh, I can't watch this band not play anymore. I don't <laughs> get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I need to get it. It's that there's nothing else to watch except for Bob. And the right. first time you just watch Bob, the second time you just watch the band and then you're done. Like there's nothing else visually to see. And that's okay because the song is great, but like it's great times one, times two, but time three, no, not so much. So. Yeah, I, I think this one was my favorite spoken word corner one for sure because um, it, it felt more music. I don't know. It had like a sweet romantic melancholy kind of vibe to it, which I enjoyed. Um, I will say, and I'm sorry, this is very mean, but Bob Dylan, the way the lighting is for him, he like – he looks very villainous. Like his face almost looks like a mask. So I'm, I'm assuming that this was intentional, but like, I mean, he's older. He looks how he looks, but like this was felt really like, I don't know that his, his eyes are so deep set and he looks very Disney villain to me. I don't know what's going on there, but I mean, uh, they go out of his, out of their way not to really show his face a lot too. I mean, even slowing it down frame by frame, it's like, I mean, we're not on a eight, four K right. So, I mean, we're dealing with a stream, so it's hard to kind of tell, but I mean, there are moments where you're like, oh man, you're an, you're an 80 year old dude. Like you're old. <laughs> you're just old. Yeah. I mean, I think he looks great, but like, he's just old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, and it's kind of jarring a little bit, you know, but that's why I like the aesthetic of this. Cause it doesn't, I don't think about that. You know, I don't think about his age or it's like being live, especially watching him close up. I think he would say no to that. I mean, I, I think, I don't think he would like that. To have yeah. camera, you know, just play a live show and like have a camera right on him. I don't think he would enjoy that. Yeah. You know, agreed. that's why I, that's why it makes sense that this would not be what people kind of thought it would be, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I think that's a factor too. Like I wrote in some of them, like, thank God they let him sit down. Cause like real talk, man, it, it would be unrealistic. I think for, for him, I don't know what his physical health situation is, but just like being older and you don't want to be standing for two hours playing, you gotta like take a break, man. You gotta just he get... plays guitar or plays piano a lot, so he'll sit yeah, down. He didn't sit behind a piano this whole time, you know. It's like he's clearly out here, do, you know, crooning out here. Mm-hmm. So we gotta let him. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I like him sitting on the table and sitting on benches, and that's great. And then getting getting him like this is really cool, though, too. Like. I, I do enjoy this. I mean, just being able to see him standing there and singing is will always be cool. I mean, Bob Dylan's cool. <laughs> uh, song number four, I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. We have heard this song before. Ah, it I put John it. Wesley we Harding. Damn it. How much do you remember about John Wesley Harding? None. But yeah, that's it's what closes it. And later, Wicked Messenger as well is on that too. Um, so we have heard both of those. You probably think we have not heard that, but you did. You've heard Wicked Messenger as well. Damn it! I think there's only I think there's only one song actually that you I could say definitively you have not heard. Shit. Um, but technically I haven't heard it because it was the one that he rewrote the whole thing. But we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I'll be your baby tonight. Last time he played it was 2015, so this is cool. You know, I'm sure for for fans of this song, and I really like the rendition. And this is probably my favorite vignette. Um, it is so weird and I didn't know what to think. And I just love these two women just staring at us. And when she brushes his shoulder, I was like, who asked her to do that? It was amazing. Uh, You're going to say no. Oh, I hated this one. This was my least favorite by show. Yeah, man, this is so uncomfortable. I absolutely hate it. And this is like, not like putting the, not talking about the two women for a second because oh my god but 
It's like the classic, you know, what we come to to talk about multiple times in Music Video Month. Is it the eternal question? Is it better or worse when Bob Dylan looks directly into your soul? Do we do we like it when he's Joker Manning into our brains or do we want him looking in the distance no one could get his attention to save your life like i don't know what is better or worse but yeah they, i don't know either who who asked that woman to to swipe his shoulder whoever has the gun in her back because she clearly does not want to fucking be there like at least the woman on the right like dances a little bit and smiles from time to time but oh my god the woman on the left is like please someone help i'm blinking twice that means help please help get me out of here like ah it's so <laughs> <She's>... uncomfortable <laughs> She is ostensibly our main character as well. So actually, right. the girl on the right, you might recognize Kelly from Stranger Things. That's Barb. Oh, that That's is Barb fucking from Barb. Things. Yeah, that totally is. Shannon Purser, yeah. Nice. And then the the other lady, uh, her name is Jasmine Perry, and she is a part of the Los Angeles Ballet Company. So she's a, a dancer hmm. uh, for the most part. She doesn't have an IMDb. She's got an Instagram. So recommend going and checking it out and stuff but yeah she i mean I, if if i was going to pick a main character we've got this guy and we've got the guy who always sits around and smokes and kind of nods his head a little like i don't know anybody else who gets featured as much as those two which we'll get to in a, in a minute but um she's great she's in a lot of these shots i mean she's in a lot of this movie well she's who you see from behind the most too in like the first couple of songs i think and that hairdo that, like, puts us in that era yeah. too i mean it's lovely i love everyone's hair like i love her i love them i love them all i love it i fucking love this shit kelly uh, this is great yeah this is like i don't i don't super love that awkward type of filmmaking and like like um it's just like supposed to be all cringe stuff and this like feels like that to me and i just it's not I, for me. It's that's not for me either. I don't like those things. They make me uncomfortable. This didn't feel like that to me. I mean, because they're just, just singing. He's not about to prank them or something. You know, well, it's not yeah, about to get yeah, weird. I know, but like <laughs> just the idea of I, I don't know. Maybe that's a, a psychosocial thing, right? Where it's like I'm uncomfortable with them mm. just looking at me for, for sure. so long. <laughs> it's really upsetting. I mean, we've done we've talked so extensively about Bob Dylan staring at cameras and how creepy and off putting it is. Tune in for Music Video Month as we explore that topic more <laughs> in the next month because it's it sucks. But I will I will say, along with the singing, I never got that vibe. I just didn't. Fe- I liked him looking at me in a weird way. It wasn't it wasn't weird this time. Well, it maybe it should have been. Let's just say that maybe it should have been, and maybe I am just letting myself go. And I'm like, Bob, do whatever. I don't care. Stare at me. <laughs> well, that mockingbird. Gonna sail away We're gonna let it That big fat moon Gonna shine like a spoon uh, anyways, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I love just the one take shot thing. And when they zoom in on each one of them, I thought it was really just, I don't know, it was cool. It just feels fun and dynamic. And like, cause it, it felt start just as it felt to get, just as it started to feel boring, it then started moving and you're like, Ooh, what's going to happen now? Oh, nothing, but okay. At least your attention is always firing. And I like that. So. Well, musically, I thought this song was was pretty cool, too, because it started as like a straightforward 60s, like pop surfer track almost. And then it just kind of melted into a blues rock track. That was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess my only like conspiracy theory would be that uh, this is the song that was on uh, Barack Obama's summer playlist um, that he shouted out with everybody. So I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Is this going to be the video? Are we going to put this out for like, hey, come watch this on YouTube or something like will this be? 
Like, did they contact Barack Obama and say, hey, you should put Bob Dylan on here. You should also do this song because we're about to do another push <laughs> for this song because we got a cool 65, you know, fun, bluesy surf rock track or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, how much collusion is, is Barack Obama? How much can we trust his summer playlist is what I'm asking. Uh, the fifth song, just like Tom Thumb's Blues, also known as, I think it's just called Tom, Tom Thumb's Blues. But it's just like, and Kelly, did you think we've heard the song or not? No. We did. It was on Highway 61 <laughs> Revisited. Highway 66. <laughs> Highway 66, of course. Uh, we have heard this one. And this was, um, this was the, f- this one's really distracting musically for me. I couldn't get that out of my brain because nobody was like doing things right. And I was like, <laughs> I hate that there's no lead guitarist. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably just off camera or something i don't know um but this one was also the coolest i this one might also be up there for me as the coolest because there are so many great weird shots so we've got characters we've got this painting that i tried to find some somebody smarter than me will find what that painting is it looks like Mm -hmm. two boats maybe they're fighting a whale i mean i searched all of that two boats three boats two boats and a whale three boats and a whale like couldn't (laughs) find and i even took a photo and i put it in google and it didn't bring up anything except for picture frames um this one's also great because there's so many actors in here so i just want to shout out all of the actors here just to put them on the record penny angela was the, the everything's alphabetical she's the only one that posted anything about bob dylan um yesterday she was on a road trip from to las vegas she went to las vegas and on the road trip in the middle of her stories she said hey I'm going to be on this thing today. You should check it out. <laughs> no one else said anything about this. She was like, oh, it's amazing to work with the legend. And you can see her in, in these shots, too. For the most part, I found everybody, but I can't confirm them because they're kind of grainy. And some of them, I think, I put on mustaches and they might be fake, like the guy sitting at this table. Yeah, I can't tell if that's real or not. So there's two big threads, too, with all these people. One of them is that some of them are pretty famous. And um, a, the thread is Quentin Tarantino, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. the other one of course is the director, um, and his, and his, um, her projects. So they've worked with her. Um, so Robbie Atal is one of those. I think that was in, uh, the Tarantino, um, Sierra Zoe, Craig Stark is somebody that works with the director all the time. CJ Streeter, the second, I could not find him again. This could be a troll from Bob Dylan. I do not know. Um, Shannon Purser, of course, from stranger things was in here. King Orba is, is the, what I would also say is maybe the other main character. He's in a lot of these, he's the guy drinking and smoking and he kind of like has this, you know, just sort of like menacing type of vibe. Like you could almost see. Oh yeah. I mean, he seems like some kind of crime bossy or like the, the bar owner or something. He definitely has like an aura. And he's, and he's been in a lot of those types of movies as well. He's pretty, he's pretty well known as well. Um, Rebecca Knox as well. Someone named Margarita Street, Margarita Sweet, I couldn't find her, just got Margarita Recipes, so I, I can't find her. Sure. Um, Raul Cardona is also one, somebody who's in a lot of these. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Jasmine Perry, of course, we already talked about. Maxine Muster. Dom McDougal is our dancer that we'll talk about soon. Um, Emily Zempel is a girl sitting next to the stage at some point. And Catherine Simon, I cannot find. She does have an IMDb, but there's no credits. I think she was just like an assisting director. So there's a lot of things going on. And if you look at Bob Dylan, just where he's sitting off stage, I think inside of here, you can see Don McDougal, King Orba's in the back. Raul Cordoba is in front of him. And I think that's Roy Hotel, if I'm going to guess. But 
it's hard to tell. You know, everybody kind of has a different vibe than what they normally look like in 2021. So, yeah, I thought this one was Buffett. And I thought his vocals were pretty good throughout. There's a couple of ones, uh, one that we already talked about that I didn't mention. I forgot uh, where his voice gets really croaky and cracky. Um, some of that, like some of that's great for color for the, the vocals. But sometimes it's I find it distracting because he just becomes inaudible and it sounds like squeaky versus like a nice character kind of moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, his vocals were good on this one. I, I, I warned my grandma. I was like, listen. Listen, I know we watched a little bit of Bob Dylan, but like this is going to be tough. I just thought it was going to be tough. I thought it was like you're not going to be able to understand what he's saying. The music's going to be really good, but it is a challenge to listen to. And I was pleased. The croak in his voice, either it's he stopped smoking or he had something go wrong and he fixed it. Whatever it is, he sound. I think it sounds great. I'm with you that there's there def, there definitely are breaks, but I like that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's all perspective, right? Like, I I agree that I think his voice sounds better than it has in certain parts earlier in his career, which is interesting. Like, as far as like you you're right. I think he might have had some kind of medical procedure or quit smoking or whatever it was. There's something clearly he's changed because he's become more understandable, for sure. Oh than yeah, was for a moment. But like Stacia, because she was, I mean, she kind of watched. It was just it was on and she was in the room. Um, she was like, God, I wish this had subtitles. I cannot understand a single word See? he's yeah. saying. And I was like, I yeah. could I could understand him, like, I would say 80%. And for you, you know the words to the song, too. So whether or not you acknowledge, like, you're actively thinking that, that totally plays a part, too. I am a good Bob Dylan fan because I'm embarrassed by the man as much as I love the man. So when I'm <laughs> around people, I have to apologize for his actions so that people are ready. I'm not somebody who's like, this is pure genius at work. No, the man could enunciate a little bit better. <laughs> Make this a little more palatable for 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 people that are not already drank the Kool-Aid, man. I mean, right. and I will say, I think he did that extremely well, but I apologize to grandma before. <laughs> and, and I would say Stacia, too. People that don't listen to Bob Dylan or know anything about him, I you just – every Bob Dylan fan understands what I'm saying. It's the cringe feel of like – I want to describe how much I love this song, but Bob Dylan is literally unintelligible. So I sound like an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But but it is amazing, right? Because you could go on and talk about it for 100 years, but it's not amazing to them because it sounds like garbage. (laughs) But Bob Dylan does not sound like garbage. I got to say, I think objectively he sounds good. And, And the parts where the lyrics were new... That was something that struck my ear. And you're right. It's probably that I was expecting something and then, oh, it's different. But, you know, listening back to To Be Alone With You, which we'll talk about in a minute, I could understand every lyric. Like, there was no worry in transcribing it. I mean, people did it with ease and I listened back and I was like, oh, yeah, there's it's unambiguous what this song is. And I appreciate that because that's not the case with Bob a lot. So next song, Tombstone Blues. Kelly, do you think we've heard this song before? Absolutely. We definitely did. Not only on Highway 66 revisited. <laughs> that's right. We're, we renamed it. Uh, but also just on its own episode. I think it was yep. episode 74, right before the end of season three, I believe. Um, great song. We're back in the uh, spoken word closet, which I don't appreciate. But I did enjoy the song, the performance, I think. I think that I landed on I prefer the studio version, but I, I appreciate this interpretation. Yeah, the spoken word stuff is just really... I don't know, man. It's it's definitely rough and rowdy waysified. This one, this was the first one that stood out to me as that happening to the song because there's so much, at least especially with Murder Most Foul, uh, and maybe like one other track on 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 that album. There's so much space, 
so right that the the basis saying like she loves a drone moment like this is definitely some a, a place where you can do that because it's really minimal it's really stripped down um and i think that this song is so cool because of that vibrancy that that like pace of the song right and the in the lyrics popping out at you this is one that stacia was like did he just say the sun is not yellow it's pissing and i was like no it's it's chick it's chicken chicken but she caught that right like like the, this song has that like zest and the weird like the punch of the of the lyrics that the delivery i appreciate the the, the how different it is uh, but I don't know that I like it better at all. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's just going to be one day it's going to be this, one day it's going to be that. But I think the original, for all the Highway 61, I mean, for me, it's a perfect record. So it's hard to really beat the original. You know, that moment was so perfect. And th- this song is great. They did a good job. Again, this was probably my favorite in the closet or in the spoken word. The spoken word corner. <laughs> the spoken word corner. Um, that I mean, Baby Blue is the the next one that closes it. You caught it a little bit in this photo here, but did you notice the accordion player is giving like hardcore fuck me eyes to the acoustic guitarist? The like for a solid two minutes during this song, <laughs> it was just like, what is going on with you, buddy? I mean, like whatever. If you guys have a thing, I don't know, but he is intense and or focused. he's like as part of this whole play acting, we can't play instruments. He's like pretending that he can look at the next chair over, you know, like you would do in band and just, oh, right, he would just, just try mimic to copy. like what's going on there. And he's like, Oh, I can't, I have a different instrument, but I, I'll just try my best to do what he's doing, which we're all not doing anything. So maybe it's that maybe it's got that. even this photo shot that I got here with a guitar. Like that's a, that is a guitar motion you can do with your fingers, but he's not doing that. He's not doing anything like that. He is just, He's weirdly plucking it up at points and like plucking nothing. I'm like, so glad you said something because the, the, there's like a solid three guitars on almost every one of these songs. And mm-hmm. the like, but that's not what's like the actors there, or the, the people miming the music, whether or not they are the musicians, whatever. The people on screen, there's never more than two. And there's definitely three guitars. Uh, I guess when Bob plays sometimes. Anyway, no one uses a pick. There was maybe two times that I saw people use a pick. Otherwise, they just had their hands. I'm like, why can't these people get a pick? There is clearly pick sounds on all these. You can't get that strum sound unless you're using a fucking pick. You can strum with your hands a little bit, but goddamn, let these people have picks. I don't understand why that's part of the miming. And I mean, it could be logistically that they like filming is a way less sound, right? Because you can't get that volume without the pick. So that might be why, but goddamn, let them have a pick. I, hey. Free the picks. Free the picks. They didn't bring them on set that day. Maybe as to, to to make sure that they played it as comically wrong as possible. So that's probably it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And then moving on to, we just passed over halfway here, the song that I, you know, it's kind of a minor Bob Dylan song, but I'm so thrilled that he rewrote the lyrics for To Be Alone With You. Um, this one was great. And we won't talk about the lyrics in detail, except to say that he made this a murder Bob song. And I gotta say, I fucking love that. I'll hound you to death. That's just what I'll do. I won't sleep away till I'm alone with you. I'm collecting my thoughts in a pattern. Moving from place to place. Stepping out into the dark night Stepping out into space Oh, what happened to me, darling? Oh, what was it you saw? I want more like this. This song is a really twee. This is on Nashville Skyline. 
it's really cute. It's just like to be alone with you. The only thing he kept is the they say that nighttime is the right time to hold each other. That's the only thing that's the same. Otherwise, now he's singing. Some people don't get it. They just don't have a clue. They don't know what it's like to be alone with you. That's real dark. Later on, he's like, I want to hound you to death. That's what I'll do. I won't sleep a wink till I'm alone with you. And then at the end of the song, he says, what happened to me, darling? What was it you saw? Did I kill somebody? Did I escape the law? And I love the end when he sings, my mortal bliss is to be alone with you. Yeah, I did not clock any of that. I was completely 100% distracted by his shiny, shiny, shiny guitar. I could not stop looking at it. Well, this is your one pass, uh, Kelly, because I don't think in any world we've listened to this song. Oh, yeah, I did. I put an X. You're you're allowed not to. to... Good, good. This would be hilarious if you were like, for sure, I've heard this song. (laughs) No, I think this is the only one we have not heard, we have not encountered in any way. So this is, I think, is the only one. But yeah, his guitar is incredible. I like this. We're back in the, the, the... The ghost time. Somewhere. The ghost time, yeah. So he's doing his thing out here and... um. Yeah, but, you know, we do have some people that kind of carry over, right? But it's not the dancing club scene, but it's like the, you're right, it's like the bar scene, right? We're just sitting around at the bar, but it's not, we're not dancing, even though they probably just move the tables and it's the same place. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Very strange. Uh, He hasn't played this song since 2005. So this is also another deep, deep deep-ish cut (laughs) from him as well. Um, The other song that I think a lot of people are really, really clinging on to and I think is fair he hasn't played this since 1995, and it's a song off of Oh Mercy, which, again, stretching the bounds of early Bob Dylan. I wanted this to talk about that. Yeah, I figured that. What was it you wanted? Yeah, so because I was like, ah, what is early? I mean, I guess this is still, you know, over 30 years old. So 30 years old, I know. But like, God, where's the cutoff? I mean, for yeah. me, it would it would be before this. I mean, it would. I mean, but again, that shows our age, right? Where it's like, just play whatever and call it early. Fuck it. I mean, that's what he would do. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was like stretching the bounds of early here, Bob. I'm glad you did because the song I thought was excellent. Chekhov's harmonica. <laughs> I saw that. And I was like, oh my God, Grammy's about to play the harmonica. Um, that was pretty good. The musicians were uh, fairly okay in this. They were not as distracting as normal. And there's a moment too where he sings the line, are you the same person? And everybody looks oh. at the camera. Like the bassist and the guitarist, the acoustic guitarist, along with Bob, who kind of is always looking, but they all three looked at you for a very brief second. You know, this song has a line, someone there in the shadow. So, yeah, there's a couple moments in here where it's like a specifically shadow oriented, which is cool. Even even you could even go to the last song and say that the moon and asking the question, what it what what, what was it you saw, you know? Did you see me or was I a shadow, right? I mean, it's that whole idea of like, are you looking at me? type of thing. So even to be alone with you, if he wrote this specifically for this, I think it's pretty good because it does sort of speak to what happens in shadows, right? Which is kind of scary stuff. Can't really see what's going on. The moon is the thing that makes shadows, right? I mean, if you're out in a full moon, shadows everywhere, that type of stuff. So, so this was good because it has literally shadows in the lyrics. So that maybe that's why he was like, I'm going to play that. And they're like, Bob, save it for the later songs about now, that. I was like, no. Really now. So I do like the harmonica in this, although the miming is pretty off on a lot of it, because there is definitely an accordion on this track. And we're playing fast and loose with what part is the harmonica and what part is the accordion, especially since the accordion guy, nowhere to be seen. Why? Why did we cut him out? He's been in here so many. They were like, listen, you need to cool off. I couldn't. That, that was a lot of eye contact we had before. Like you were clearly staring into the back of my head. The acoustic guitar. Maybe that's why he's pissed. He's like, OK, I, we got to get that guy out of this fucking scene. We can't have him here. Um, but I will say the harmonica is like, he's really restrained. Like I, I like crazy harmonica Bob, but also I like older musical uh, harmonica Bob because in Queen Jane too, I thought it was really like reserved and, and 
like pitch perfect. That's why I want to listen to this as mm. an album because I could like more properly analyze the musical side of it. But that stood out to me. Great guitar play, or great harmonica playing, even though sometimes when we pretended the accordion wasn't harmonica. Sure. As as I'm sure he does all the time. So, yeah, this was um, <laughs> this was good. I also I like the shot, too, where we get like really close to Bob and he's playing the harmonica, too. That's another pretty, you know, there's a few iconic shots. In this. Have we done this song? I put no. Oh, this song? What was, what it, was you it you wanted? wanted? No. Okay. No, no. We we did um, What Good Am I? Episode 48 okay. on Oh Mercy. And they're kind of similar, but that song's not very good. But this one is really yeah, good. Yeah, because I, I was like, this actually has a cool, like, spooky, kind of dizzy uh, feeling vibe during the bridge. There's, like, a, a neat chord progression that's like, ooh, I was like, ooh that's really neat. Uh, and Stacia, I had to write down a note from her. She was like, if he would shut up for three seconds, she could tell him what she wanted. And I was like, you were right, but he cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's totally true. And then what a great, like, most songs end after, like, one minute where it's like i need something and it's like oh here you go like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah right we just stop playing just like, okay. that's how you tell stories it's true no absolutely <laughs> and i just love yeah he does he does ask over and over what was it you wanted yeah, it's very just... funny very funny uh song number nine uh which i think is also like uh jarringly different than a lot of the rest of this special is forever young a song that i for the most part don't actually care that much about sorry not sorry, but I got to say, even if I'm not like this isn't my favorite because I kind of just like the two women standing next to Bob. And I think that's very hilarious. This is like strikingly great and is probably the closest we get to like the idea of shadows in the mm-hmm. actual filmmaking itself. Because as you can see in the shot that I have here, there is the guy back there. And later on, when we go up to a higher plane, he is literally not there. So not only yeah. is he ensconced in shadow, but then he is not actually there, which does make you think the moments late, you know, later, are we supposed to believe in this logic where when they go away in the shadows or whatever, are they in fact like implied to be not there? That type of stuff. You know, what yeah. is this world? They get away with a lot with the, like, I didn't even, I guess I I don't know if I noticed that he was gone in sometimes, but that person is playing a guitar with their back turned for sure. So you can play fast and loose a little bit more with the guitar tracks. I know that nobody cares and I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, but oh my God, it was so distracting when people weren't playing their instruments. So this was nice. So I could just let my brain could shut off and be like, he's playing it right. It's real. It's happening. Um, but we have a, our basis has changed, uh, which I noticed immediately too, because just because the, like that woman's so striking with her, like her long straight hair and everything. And she's been such a presence throughout the whole thing. I just noticed immediately when she wasn't there uh, and their masks are quilted. The, they changed their masks and I was like that has to be super hard to breathe through but Godspeed um, and then the piano uh, or rather the the keyboard auto harp which is I'm Dude, pretty sure what he's playing what is that yeah so I, I immediately clocked the string sound as an auto harp but I had never seen one with a keyboard attached so I looked it up and, and, and that is a thing because uh, typically um, you'll hear it a lot in older country western music it's um, a small it's like a I don't know like a foot tall uh, maybe almost a foot wide and it's uh, got a diagonal um, like sh- slant to the top of it and it's got strings just like metal strings like uh, that's why it's called an auto harp like a harp string but it's a, a flat plank of wood that they're resting against so it's kind of like the fretboard of a guitar in the sense that you've got your bridge down here uh, and then you can change tune each individual peg uh, to its to its sounds um, Trixie Mattel who's a, a drag queen and comedian she does a lot of um, a comic like country country western songs, but also like legitimate country western songs. She's a pretty good musician. Um, plays the auto harp a lot, so that's why I kind of became familiar with it. So you use picks 
on at least your first three fingers and your thumb, I think, uh, okay, to play that, it. So that's that that's an auto harp. So what, but mm-hmm. I was like, I hear the auto harp sound, but that's clearly a keyboard. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing, but it totally is. Uh, so I think that's what that is. It's an excellent sound, and it makes this like medieval vibe to the song, which is very cool. Um, this is by far my favorite version of this song because, yeah, I also I remember. I know we did this. I don't know if we actually did this song, but I, this was on the first album. We, we did. Did we? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah Planet Waves. Number yes, five. yeah, yep. Planet Waves for sure. That's like I don't. That's like mm-hmm. super cemented in my head. They, the, the two versions, the, the sped up one and the slow right. one, back to back. Which makes you just loathe it. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus the whole like, who was it? Rod Stewart or Michael Bolton or whoever who does the, the other thing. They have to pay him for it. Right. Yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, wow, this is like a way, way better version of the song, and I, I love the way that it's filmed. I think that this, Bob's looking. This never felt creepy or weird. This just felt super appropriate, and it like takes some of the saccharine nature of the song just lyrically out of it, which I think is a huge improvement. So this was maybe my favorite one on here. Very cool all around. May you grow up to be righteous May you grow up to be true May you always know the truth And see the light surrounding you May you always be courageous Stand upright and be strong and may you stay forever young. So when you see Forever Young, it's like, okay, you've played this 5,000 times. Um, but holy fuck, man, this is good. It was so good, and I'm so impressed. And I like it a lot more, too, just because Bob is not young either, and that's striking to see um you know he wrote this in 74 for his son who is now an older man as well you know he's not as old as bob dylan but everybody just grows up everybody keeps moving on time goes on i don't know this song is powerful for that idea but it's never in my opinion been executed at all to make me care ever until now and i think it's a little bit of the music the music's excellent but i think this little video is the this is the one i would put out not only is it a famous enough song, but it's a cool little video. And it's short. It's like three minutes. Bam. We're in. Let's go. Love it. Great stuff. And I'm glad you looked up that piano thing because watching that the first time, I was just like, this sound. It's Play so cool. this sound all the time. Yeah. It's the best. It is the best. Uh, next song. We're getting to the end here. A song we've also done, Kelly. Last time we played it was 1999, Pledging My Time. We have. You. We've done this. Hoping you'll come through, too. Uh, Robert Johnson month, episode 96, Kelly. It was only two years oh, ago. Damn it. Very, very sad. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, this this also, the, the reason you might not r- realize it is that it is a pretty different version of the song. He cuts out a lot of the, uh, alt, you know, sort of the bluesiness of like the blues lyrics where you repeat the the line twice. He cuts out all the repetition mm. and just smacks it all together. And it doesn't have what you don't like a lot, which is that blues rock feel. Mm. Um, so we cut that out. I mean, it's still kind of there, obviously, but it doesn't feel as like aggressive the way it does on blonde on blonde. So, yeah, this is the dancing one. This is where I was like, this is inappropriate. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I immediately started thinking about one of those documentaries, probably during Robert Johnson month. I'm sure that's when we watched it. Yeah. Uh, where there was like, you know, footage of people 
dancing to this stuff in the 40s when they were like so many underground blues clubs because everything's segregated right so it's like this is how people were dancing in those juke joints and stuff and it's like actually pretty cool after the fact but immediately jarring because i'm like who the fuck is getting down to this song at all it's so sure but i mean that's kind of dreamy right i mean it's so weird that it that this would be the song um yeah and that's dominic mcdougall doing the dancing and and obviously bob looks straight at him and the camera focuses on him multiple times i thought that was really cool very strange don't really know what to think of it yeah, but the I fact really that it, it liked it. it, like Bob is in the background of so much of this because that guy's mm-hmm. in the foreground and the focus, is, like the literal focus, is on him, and it, it is really strange. I think that's why we had to make it clear that everyone was very drunk because that's the only way that you would be swigging all the time. <laughs> <laughs> see, that never threw it off for me. Uh, I could see people getting down for anything, right? On some level, it's like if you want to dance, you're just going to dance to whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So. So we're going to do it. Anyways, I like that version. Um, I don't really care for pledging my time. We, we did not think highly of it here, but it. Um, but I like this version. I would listen to this over Blonde on Blonde, I think. I so. do not remember Pretty listening to this at all. And I was uh, I thought for sure this was a Christian Bob song. If I was guessing, I was like, this is absolutely a Christian Bob song. And oh, pledging my time. Definitely too, not yeah. listen to it. <laughs> no, absolutely. We did. So uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Then we move on to uh, 2009 was the last time he played The Wicked Messenger. Now, you, I already kind of said, but it was on John Wesley Harding. So you have not heard it, if you will. Episode 27 was the last time you heard this. But oh, yeah. but it is a very a minor big song. We have never listened to this song yeah. in my book. <laughs> Incredibly minor. Also doesn't really line up with John Wesley Harding. Famously, like he recorded most of the record and came back on the final day to do this, to do Down Along the Cove, and to do I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. And those ones are very fluffy, minor songs compared to like the ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest all along the watchtower. Like there's two different John Wesley Hardings and this one is on the, eh, you can kind of skip it camp. But I love this because you just think it's a regular show. And then all of a sudden it does that dream shit where the guitar slams into the frame oh my God. and starts riffing. And I fucking love it. I fucking love it. It's so weird. I'm here for it. Such a weird choice. Again, there's so many people made lots of choices during this for many things. And this bizarre, but this was the best guitar miming too. This was actually the lick. This is totally like a hundred percent accurate. At least as far as I know, I haven't tried to play the lick. No, for no, for what you can see, because you can clearly see what he's playing. Uh, but it, right. it's it, at least the slides are right. The bends are right. So it feels good like that. Thank God. At least when you made the choice to do this bizarre close up, which I think is funny. Uh, it, so it works. Fun. Like, I'm not mad at it. I, at least you did have him do the right fucking notes. <laughs> the right ref. Like, thank God. All the leaves begin to fall in. The seas begin to part. And the people that can uh, that would this... be jarring but i but it also blocked bob's harmonica so there was a, another element where i'm like get the fuck out of the way i want to see bob playing harmonica <laughs> which i think was... is perfect that's such a bob dylan move of like you i know you want this but you also want a real guitar player playing guitar what do you want more well, yeah. I'm going to choose for you. You don't get to watch me, bitch. I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, it's imperative that we have a Telecaster with a cigarette in it so we know he's very cool. We know he's this whole thing cool. is very cool. Very cool. 
Um, so I this... like not seeing his face. That was cool too. I mean, great, great. great oh call. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, it, choices, good or bad, I don't know. But I'm glad that this whole thing happened. Um, Amen. I this riff sounds so, not not the riff not the riff that the guys playing on the Telecaster, but that na 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 na. That sounds so familiar and not in like I've heard this album before. Do you know what that is from? Because I don't think I don't. that. I mean, like, not that like he took this riff, but like I think someone else has used it. The only thing that came to my mind immediately mm. was Gilligan's Island because it does that same thing. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a faithful trip. Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but it sounds really, really familiar. That started from well, this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man. The shipper brave and sure, skipper brave and sure. But passenger set sail a day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Three the weather started tour. getting rough. The mighty ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the few, the screw the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. How do you uh, the know ship, this? Ha! The shipper underground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle, with Gilligan, the skipper too, a millionaire, and his wife, a movie star, the professor and Marianne. Here on Gilligan's Isle. Yeah, so my dad used to sing that to me as a lullaby when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> so I just, like, internalized that forever. It's one of those things where it's like, I have to get to the end. Otherwise, the world won't be okay. <laughs> now this is the tale of our castaways. They're here for a long, long time. They'll have to make the best of things. It's an uphill climb. The first mate and his skipper, too, will do their very best to make the others comfortable in the tropic island nest. No fault, no light. The motor car's not a single luxury. Like Robinson Crusoe, it's primitive as can be. So join us here each week, my friends. You're sure to get a smile from seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Island. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> I do love the idea of Bob taking from Gilligan's Island, though. Yeah. Like, that is very funny to me. Because it doesn't actually sound like the song either. So I don't okay. know where any of this is coming from. Because uh, this is a pretty pretty new arrangement. And again, he hasn't played this since 2009. So mm. I don't know. I don't know either. We, moving along to uh, the 12th song of Shadow Kingdom. Last time he played this was 2014, so not too long ago. Watching the river flow. Now, Kelly, you should know... That we have listened to this song. No, I knew we did this one, but I also thought it was like from modern times or time out of mind or something. I thought it was like a really? much newer song. I thought this was a murder Bob song. I'm totally getting this confused with mm, another river no. song. Yeah, you're getting this confused with um, Spirit on the Water. Spirit on the Spirit Water. Spirit on the Water. You're okay. getting Spirit on the Water. But this was part of the summer fun slide into summer. Okay. That's whatever. why they're connected in my head. Yeah, okay. we did this though. And I will say... To me, it's a minor song. I don't really care that much about this song. I don't think it's necessarily that great. I'm sure we didn't think it was that great when we recorded it last time. But I will say, I love this performance. And I love, I think it sounds really good. And I love everybody dancing around. Everyone was having a good old time. And I really appreciate that. And I like at the end, everybody does like a nice clap. Mm-hmm. It's the only time they clapped in universe. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the people are. There's a girl who is leaning up against... The PA system? Yeah, Spaghetti Strap Lady. She, she's in it in the next part, too? No, because that's like Spoken Word Corner. Yeah, so but I, she, yeah. she's like on she's the not. floor in some parts. Like, she's having a rough no, time. No, so there's two different people. So the girl okay. on the floor is Emily Zempel. So she's okay. the one on the floor. And I, I'm almost 100% sure on that one. Uh, not so sure about the girl leaning, though. I think her name is, I think she's Maxine Muster, if I were going to okay. guess. 
but she only has a few photos and I'm like, it doesn't really line up. And she had blonde hair and like, mm. it's very dark here, but again, people can change their hair. They could wear a wig, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's, yeah. it's hard. It's very hard. So anyways, I really like that. I thought she was a very interesting presence. Again, another woman just sort of like there in the background. And she just was like hanging out, talking to the bassist at some point and just like, you know, drinking and smoking. Like, I like that the people aren't like reverently watching him either. They're just yeah. kind of like, eh, fuck it. Just, you know, looking around. And I like that. That feels true to life. Like this guy's just a dude playing in a bar or somewhere. And yeah, but the the vibe is definitely like the, the bar band way more than it's the this bar is band. A Bob Dylan concert. We've all come to see. Welcome to see. Yes. And I would, and I'm in the future excited to see what people's, how they got involved with this and what do they know about Bob Dylan? That's always really fun. Uh, the New York times did a whole uh, interview with the cast of the girl from the North country. You know, mm -hmm. what is your connection to Bob Dylan? And a lot of them said, I don't know who Bob Dylan is. You know, mm -hmm. it just, I'm 20 years old. Sure. Yeah. Why York. would you? I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about this. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I fucking get it. <laughs> and that's totally fine. And then the final song on Shadow Kingdom, Kelly, is a song that we know very, very, very well. It's all over now, Baby Blue, also known as Baby Blue, straight up. Um, we're back to our stupid corner. I love <laughs> how quick this song is, though. I mean, it's like yeah. two minutes. Oh, yeah. This is what we were trying to do when we played it live. And of <laughs> we course, they, they did a better job. We played like those guys in the room play. Yes. Uh, but in real life. Um yeah, this was great. I mean, I thought this was a pretty cool version, and it was a full version as far as I know, but very fast. Yeah, I mean, we went over the song so much that I was able to pick out all the lyrics, and as far as I can tell, it was it was the same. Like, there wasn't anything missing, but yeah, it was cut to shit, man. There's so fast. Just line, 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 line. All right, and we're done. Uh, I don't think I... I don't think I appreciate that that it is different. I just I I really like it when artists can completely transform their stuff. But um, I yeah I don't think I prefer this at all. No, me either. No, I, I it would have been cool to have it though to 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 watch. Yeah, but, to listen to during yeah during the episode for sure. But what's what's wild is what we just said about all of this is like the, there are ostensibly thirteen vignettes that you can go back to. Some of them stand up really well. Forever Young is going to elevate. We'll watch that again whenever we get to Forever Young. This everything in the spoken word corner does not help me. Like if I if I was if I 10 years from now was giving you this and say, hey, here's a video, I would have to heavily caveat that the whole point is that these artists are not actually playing their instruments like you have to like check down this list of like, don't be distracted by all of this. Oh, in fact, let's just not watch it because you'll just be distracted like it doesn't add. It just doesn't yeah. add much. It adds something to the aesthetic of this particular entity and that's why i would almost say as much as we have 13 music videos i don't think that's really true because there is a connected tissue to them and i think that they mostly most of them cannot stand alone including spoken word corner mm. for god's sakes all of those don't oh, yeah. make any sense outside of like <laughs> who was this band like uh, what do you what do you think about this being the uh the last song it's a classic last song for him. I'm sure he's close many a concert with It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. It, it's a logical choice for an outro song because it's a bigger song. And, and, and like depending on how you play it, it really feels satisfying. This was a terrible version of it to be the outro song. That's my my opinion. Yeah. And also like the next thing, it pops up with Shadow Kingdom. And I, I turned to Grandma, as I'm sure a lot of people I thought there did, was going to be a new song. And I was like, Grandma, new Bob Dylan song. Yeah. And then it was over. And I was like, yeah. All right. And of course, the first reaction is <laughs> anger. You're just like one hour. It's too short, you know, and then 
that lasted for about one second. I mean, honestly, it was just like, breathe. It's fine. Like, I am more than happy. And as much as I was confused by the ending of it, and I don't think this was a good ending song, you know, I'm glad I'm glad this exists, man. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even just that the song didn't feel like a satisfying end. Even the video, it's like, man, that was abrupt. We could have like went back to our friends at the club and like, I don't know, it just didn't feel wrapped up very well. But I'm glad that I w- that you had the same reaction. I was like, Shadow Kingdom, oh my God, are we about to do a new song? No, no. Uh, but I didn't I really care so about that. I was so excited. And it's a beautiful outro. It's a nice little piece uh, of music. That's my favorite song in the whole thing. Like, real talk. I'm, I'm not joking. That is my favorite song of this entire thing was the outro. You love DVD menu. So, yes, we... we... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no one well is this surprised. one's long this is about two minutes long too so you yep. can really well and that's what a lot of people said online too they were like something i didn't realize i needed was just pure instrumentals of bob dylan songs like not jazzy not this not that but like this like bob dylan having a role in them i think everything on this album would be fun as an instrumental only track mm, like it's just totally. beautiful sounding soothing i don't know there's something about it where you know you couldn't listen to blues a bluesy sound for like 10 hours straight but whatever's going on here i could listen to this forever it's so good Well, Kelly, uh, you know, normally we end an episode by saying, does it, does it work? So we'll just kind of treat this like a semi-real episode. And uh, does this work? Would you recommend this to, uh, obviously a Bob Dylan fan, this is must watch, but like, I don't know, could you sell this to your mom? You Could you sell this to, you know, again, your grandma? Like, w- does this work today? Uh, if Stacia's any indication, no. <laughs> I mean, I had somebody who is not a Bob Dylan fan in any way, shape or form kind of watching this uh, and she was not not a fan. But she does. I mean, she doesn't like Bob Dylan in general, but also, yeah, I don't think that she it clearly wasn't like engaging enough for her to even really pay attention to it. So I I don't know. Is that a fair barometer? I think like if you're trying to get an objective opinion of a person who's like not super into like into music with heavy quotes, she likes certain music. But like, you know what I mean? I, I think that probably. No, I don't know. You have, it just feels like I think it does work because of like it's it's a such a huge interpretation shift from the the source material that like even that's cool. And I think that this like weird arty thing that makes it to- totally contemporary. This is not something that's going to come out, you know, in the eighties. This is like unless you're doing like tight connection to my heart and stuff and whatever. Like <laughs> it's got sure, the black sure. and white stuff going on, but I don't know. I think this is a little too arty and a little too modern, a modern take on the past for it to not be like very contemporary, but I don't know. I'm going to say it does because he did so much changing and because this sounds so much like rough and rowdy ways, which does feel new and feel fresh. So Yes, I think it does, but maybe the passerby non-Bob Dylan fan would say, no, because none of this shit ever works. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, of course, I'm going to say yes, because I think I think it's brilliant. I, I enjoyed watching it, and I enjoyed paying for it, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. And yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, 
the people decrying all of this, I think, don't even understand Bob Dylan. Like, I don't know how we can ever have expectations for this man to do anything that we want him to do in any world. He's just going to do whatever he wants. And I don't understand how at this point, I mean, for some of these people being alive as long as him even. And all I was thinking of with all the boomers, you know, fucking complaining about masks and stuff. I was like, do you really want this to be like something you'd watch on VH1 Classic? Like, I know that's all you do is watch VH1 Classic and all you do is watch like the fucking what is it? The Pink Floyd, the wall, right? Like even that is a bit arty. Like, come on, man. Oh, like, totally. You're not out of sync with this. Like as much as you think you might be or really you've become conservative. But there's got to be a part of you that like this is part of what you fell in love with this type of music for, especially Bob Dylan, somebody from the 60s and this type of stuff. He's always had an artistic bent. He's always done things like this. So I, I find it weird that people are disappointed. I think they're also disappointed because live streams, when I hear live stream, man, I want something that's produced. I want an experience. And I'm really happy I got that. As much as I would love to see him just play live, I kind of like that. Hopefully I'll see him play live in real life soon. But I like that we got this cool produced video beyond the spoken word corner. I really wasn't bored. And you're right. The aesthetics of Rough and Rowdy Ways is like awesome. And I really hope that there's a later songs of Bob Dylan. And I hope we get to do this again. And I would be more than happy to spend $25 to watch another one. Uh, I, would, I would love to spend $25 every single month for the rest of my life for 13 songs uh, from Bob Dylan. I would do that in a heartbeat. Anyways, I don't know how this ends at this point because we don't do the rest of it. So, well, we, it can end just as clumsily as the thing we're talking about, which is okay, now abruptly. It's done. <laughs> yes. Well, this you couldn't ask for for a better episode to lead us into music video month that we definitely haven't already recorded most of. Um, Incredible! I cannot believe how well that lined up because I was really expecting. I, I I think at the end I am just a little disappointed that it wasn't a live uh, concert because I I do want to see that, and I think that right now in this day and age because everybody's so. Uh, has gotten so good at it just over this last year that we could have had a really polished, really well done, small, like really, really small in a club even like in this, you could done it on this exact set, uh, but, but actually do it, you know, where you could have had three or four camera angles and made it look really cool. Even if it was live, um, I, I, I would have liked that too, but the, just to have this like collection of, of music videos um, to, to look back on. And I, what I'm most grateful for, if nothing else is these really cool versions of these songs. So like, I don't know if I would watch this again necessarily. I mean, I will just like bits and pieces as we go get these songs later. Right. Um, but I just want to hear those. I'm, I'm so glad we had those versions of those songs. And I don't know that we would have gotten that in that live, you know, live concert situation. That's exactly it. And I think that's fine. If, if he is now a studio artist and he needs to go in and we need to like work on it and whatever his process is that we don't know much about even today, I'm glad he does it. Jesus Christ. And you're right. All of these songs, most of these songs we've heard, but just on albums. So we're going to, most of these songs are going to be visited again, revisited or visited for the first time with, from us. And I'm excited to re-listen to this. I can't wait for our first one where I get to listen to another song from Shadow Kingdom. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Genuinely, genuinely. So I'm sure the record will drop. I can't imagine that it's not going to be a part of a project. So this will all be like in perfect, nice quality on your Spotify's and your iTunes soon, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, for now, we're just going to listen to the rip and, you know, just enjoy it. So that's that's what we're going to do. So I'm glad we watched it in the end. This was an awesome project. I'm glad Bob Dylan's still kicking around. And uh, yeah, 
Kelly, this was great. Uh, we'll I'll see you for Music Video Month starting now. Yay! Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, I almost just straight up hung up on you. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, good call. Uh, of course, this did not last. This lasted way too long. Stepping out into space. Oh, what happened to me, darling? Oh, what was it you saw? Did I kill somebody? Did I escape the law? Got my heart in my mouth. My eyes are still blue. My mortal bliss is to be alone with you. My mortal bliss is to be alone with you.